Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of On the Road with Thorhammer. This is your pal Chris Nays here, drummer of Thorhammer, podcaster extraordinaire. Thank you for joining me this week. Uh, I think I might do something a little different and uh, do some storytelling since there's not a whole lot going on in Thorhammer camp. Tomorrow we have uh, show prep, band practice. Or it's not tomorrow, it's today. What the fuck? Oh, this is off to a bad start. We're having a practice today. Uh. To prepare for Metal Church. I'm going to get a little more into Metal Church later on in this episode, but... At the Firebird, Saturday... This Saturday... We'll be opening for Metal Church. Come on out. We would love to see you there. This might be our uh, last show for a little bit. Uh, We don't have any other shows booked. Of course, things can happen pretty quickly in the booking situation, but uh, Metal Church is going to play a long set, so I'm excited and uh, hope you guys can make it out. Would love to see your beautiful faces out there. Saturday night. All right, so... Storytelling. That's what this episode is going to be for the most part. Uh, I got off work yesterday in the morning and I took uh, my girlfriend to physical therapy. When we got back from that, I was pretty uh, tired, so I decided to take a nap. But uh, when I woke up from the nap, I decided I finally wanted to take care of of something I've been putting off for a while, which is that my phone is fairly old, a couple years old, and the the face of my iPhone was actually starting to detach itself from the rest of the phone. So it was time for me to take care of that. Swig of coffee for the working man. Uh... The closest AT&T store was right across the street, so that was pretty convenient. So I shook off the cobwebs and uh, drove drove over to the AT&T store. And I pull up, and uh, as I look inside the windows in the front, it looks fairly busy. There's a few customers. Everybody is being taken care of. But as I'm walking up, I can already hear a woman being extremely loud and as I open the door I realize she's having a speakerphone conversation with customer service while in a store with people that are there to serve customers so right off the bat I realize like this is gonna be a thing (laughs) This lady is complaining about every single aspect of the process of trying to reserve an iPhone. Uh, As most of you probably know, they're getting ready to come out with a new one, so 
you're able to uh, reserve them if you have an upgrade available on your account or whatever. So, um, she was right smack dab in the middle of that, but she came to it, she, she approached it, uh, not having a bit of uh, understanding of anyone's position, customer service-wise, or for the people, the workers in the store at all. Um, there's lots of things that she said that were completely ridiculous, and, and we're going to go through them here. Um, first of all, she made some obviously racist comments about the people in customer service overseas. Now, I get it. When you call customer service, sometimes it's hard for them to understand you, but there's no reason to be racist about it. St. Louis, and uh, I'm, you know, I doubt that I'll hear any blowback on this, but I really think that St. Louis is one of the most racist cities uh, that I've ever been to. Um, you know, certainly the most racist I've ever lived in because it's the one I've lived in the most. But I think that, um, you know, even the outlying cities, like where some of my relatives live, closer to like Fulton area, that's more, that's more in what they would call the country though, away from major cities. So that sort of makes sense. But I, and I don't mean to generalize at all. But there's no reason to be racist about customer service. Like who that makes no difference. What makes a difference is if they're able to address your problem. And if you come from a place of hostility towards them and a place of racism towards them, you're already in the wrong. You are already uh, not giving, meeting them halfway on your problem. Uh, this lady, uh, she begins to talk to everyone in the store about her issues and, um, address not just the people that are supposed to be helping her and who are doing their best to not go completely insane trying to help her, but all the other customers who happen to be in the store in the same room. Uh, and as I sit there waiting for them to eventually get to me, there's three, there's three employees and they're all helping customers. And she is actually, uh, she eventually becomes a customer who's waiting for a regional manager to show up. So there are actually three employees helping four customers, one of which is the fucking scum of the earth. Um, but as I sit there waiting, she eventually runs out of other people to annoy. And she, uh, she tries to engage with me. Now, in my head before this, I had already said, like, if she tries to talk to me, there is no fucking way that is happening. I am shutting it down in the least social possible way that I can, which I did. Uh, but 20 minutes or so into the wait, 
Uh, I'm not in the mood. But I, I, you know, I'm a customer that will patiently wait. So it's not that big of a deal that I'm waiting. Uh, I'm not in the mood to speak to her, though. Uh, I give her a sort of dead-eye look and don't say a single word to her. And the look kind of says, you will not speak to me ever again. Uh, thereby forcing her to return to her own personal hell <laughs> of, uh, of relatively minor inconvenience. Uh, you know, part of being a good customer is, like I said, meeting them halfway, coming from a place of understanding that they want what you want, they want the customer to be happy, it reflects better on them in the long run. Uh, You know, her, pro- her problem really boils down to she wasn't getting what she wanted. She, you know, and I know the exact issue because she yelled it into her phone and then she yelled it at the workers there and then she eventually yelled it at the guy who showed up as a regional manager because the employees couldn't deal with her. Her story was this. And I'm going to point out the obvious bullshit parts of her story. But like I said, the, the, the essential problem was that she's trying to reserve an iPhone. Uh, and this is her, the problem she encountered on the way. She said she was up at 1.30 a.m. ordering an iPhone. No, she wasn't up at 1.30 a.m. That is not when people on a normal schedule, start their day, regardless if there's an iPhone coming out or not. 1.30 a.m. is an unreasonable time to wake up to order a phone. She was exaggerating way too much. It's, it, that, that, nope, definitely didn't happen. She's lying. Uh, she claims that she was given a reservation of an iPhone on the earliest possible date that they'd be available, which I extremely doubt ever happened. Um, I, I doubt that she ever saw any kind of message that, of what date she was going to get it. And if she did, it was a far later date and she was not having that. Maybe she's maybe she got that later date as a reservation date and she's working the system now. Like she decided, well, if I go in the store, it caused a bunch of shit because it is something that people do. If I go and cause a bunch of shit, maybe they'll give me my way. Maybe because everything is about me, they'll agree with me and give me my earliest reservation day possible. It's possible that's what it was, but she's most likely just a liar. Uh, that is a coffee burp. Uh, she she then said, oh, this phone's for my daughter's birthday. Now, this is a classic disgruntled customer bullshit line. Used to garner sympathy. Uh, could be true, most likely not, though, uh, because it's such a, a, a cliched disgruntled customer line. I really don't think it was true. Uh, it's 
probably an outright lie. Uh, at this point, while I'm having to listen to this, because she is literally, she is the loudest person in the room. There's no way that no one can, that anyone in the room isn't hearing everything that's happening. At this point, I'm very weary because <laughs> I'm hitting about the 30 minute mark and I'm, I'm about ready to leave. Um, but it looks like one of the people is about to finish up. So I, I stick it out. Um, uh, <laughs> next to me, maybe like 10 feet away from me at another little table area, another customer is waiting for his turn. And he has his hands like smothering his face. <laughs> like He's no doubt questioning his decision to be in the store like I am just sitting there waiting. He's been there about as long as I have, and I can tell he's just completely miserable. Uh, just as I'm gathering the last of my will to survive this experience, uh, an AT&T employee guy assists a customer out the door and walks over to help me. Um, now, after seeing what this lady has done, to everyone's day that is in that is in the room, and especially the employees, uh, I decided to make my experience with this AT and T employee a prime example of what a customer should uh, always strive to be in the customer employee relationship, which is uh, be patient, be ready to answer questions, ready to ask questions. Be understanding if things don't exactly work out the way that I want them to work out. All of those things are key whenever you're... I, when you're approaching any kind of conversation with a customer service person or an employee of a place that you need help from and, like, they're the gatekeepers to your problem, to the, to the gateway of whatever your problem is, whatever you would like from them... Being patient and asking questions and being ready to answer questions about your problem is all... It, it's understood that that is how it works. So, I'm a logical thinking person. I guess this lady is not. Um, fortunately, everything that I wanted went exactly how I needed to. Like I said, I'm the model customer. He's the model employee. We have a good conversation. He gets me the phone that I want. It's in the store. There's no BS. There's no me complaining. There's no me bringing in personal bullshit that doesn't matter. Which brings me to the next thing that this lady did. <laughs> While I'm finishing up my uh, transaction, she's... Uh, in the background, and I still can't quite tune her out. Uh, she is the droning idiot who will not be denied her right to complain. Somehow, she's moved into talking about her eating habits. Uh, I've, I, I just realized I haven't really given a visual description of this lady. She's definitely a housewife. She, she has a, a daughter, so... I assume she either has a husband or an ex-husband. 
If they're still married, he's probably contemplating suicide. <laughs> oh, dark humor. Oh, okay. So, I I would guess I would uh, the best way to describe her is uh, she looks like Annie from uh, the movie Misery. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Kathy Bates. <laughs> she, yeah, she definitely looks like Kathy Bates. I couldn't think of that actor's name for a second. Which I recently watched, watched that movie and read that book, uh, and it was great, and you should check out both. Back to the story here. Uh, she's talking about her eating habits now. She's apparently a vegetarian, but somehow overweight at the same time. And she also said how She's a vegetarian, but really she's more focused on not eating animal products. So I guess because she's an animal lover, I actually have something in common with this person, which is shameful. But, you know, I there's no explanation that I can accept for her being overweight and a vegetarian at the same time. I... Maybe I'm generalizing here a little bit, but if you're a vegetarian, don't you get skinnier because you're not eating that those meat products? Somebody, somebody respond to me on this subject. I'd like to know, can you still be an obese person and be a vegetarian at the same time? All I know for sure is that she's miserable in her entire life not just in this room with me in this moment she's miserable and spreads her misery around so I leave the store finally with my phone in hand never to see this person again God willing so what is the point of this story well, basically, I think that some of the best podcasting is uh, when you get out in the world and experience things, and then, uh, you know, I think people like to listen to unique experiences explained, um, not just your normal, like, if I just sat here and explained my daily life as a custodian, <laughs> that, I'm not sure that that's the most interesting thing to listen to. Although there are some things I maybe should put together an interesting custodian podcast because there are things that I've done at work out of uh, because it's my job that uh, are completely fucking disgusting and and um, you know it's my lot in life. It's just like it's what I have to do to put food on the table to and and you know. Sometimes it's completely disgusting, but I got to do it. <laughs> but what's the point of all this? What's the point of this story? Am, am I better than this person? Um, I'm not afraid to say when it comes to like human interaction and basic courtesy for your fellow human being, I, I leave this lady in the dust. She is... I... I don't think that this was just an isolated incident. I don't think... I think that she's a, she's a mean, angry person in her everyday life. You shouldn't be like that. Uh, it doesn't take much to be decent with your fellow human beings. 
they'll respond in kind. If you're a nice person, a lot of the time you'll get it back. And it might not be for every single person. And some people are just miserable like this lady, but a lot of times you'll get it back and you'll feel better at the end of your day when you look back on your experience and uh, your interaction with your fellow human beings. Um, you don't have to be, if you're angry, if you're, uh, if you're sad or if you're a depressed person, if you're just an irritated person in general, like you don't have to be false, you don't, and, or fake with people, but at least come with like some understanding and decency for others and, and know that a person in customer service, especially, or an employee of a store, like they're just doing their job. And if that's make mean, if that means making you happy and giving you what you want, know that like that maybe they don't always want to do that. And you make it harder by being a like a shameful human being. They want what you want. Like I said earlier, like they want you, they, they essentially that is the crux of the thing. They want what you want. So don't be a piece of shit to them. Uh, I, you know, I was lucky that thing. Yeah. I was lucky that things went my way. And if they didn't, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to fucking fly off the handle. Sometimes shit in life doesn't go your way. This lady was in her late 30s, probably, maybe early 40s. Like, I know that she's been through some shit. Everybody who's that old has been through some shit. Nobody in this life has it easy. They go, uh, you know, even the people that are rich have personal problems, you know? I don't know. what The point of this story, I guess, is be a good person, especially when out in public, because you're making it harder for everybody. <laughs> All right. Uh, next part of the podcast, we're going to... We're going to learn about uh, the band Metal Church together. Maybe you guys give you guys some incentive to come and see this great band. But first of all... But, or, not first of all. But first, let me tell you about OnyxSStudios.com. OnyxSStudios.com is where you can find The High Files with Jordan Wakefield. Rent is due. Watchers on the Couch, a Game of Thrones theme podcast, and How Should I Bro, as well as this podcast, of course, On the Road with Thorhammer. All of these podcasts are great. They uh, cover a wide variety of subjects, from life, humor, entertainment, physical training, 
and of course everything that embodies this podcast which is conversations with friends experiences on the road as a band as experiences as an independent musician in this crazy thing we call showbiz uh onyxstudios.com is available on the Stitcher app Spreaker iTunes which by the way if you can if you have the ability to get on iTunes go on iTunes right now give us a review this helps new people find our podcast. It is one of the most important resources we have in, have in finding new listeners and and helping new listeners find us. Uh, and if you go and write a review, thank you very much. I, I appreciate it. We all, everybody at Ani Says Studios appreciate, appreciates it. Please go and do that today. com. That is onyxedgestudios.com. Alright. What I want to do is I want to have us learn about the band Metal Church together. So what I'm doing right now is I'm going to Wikipedia typing in Metal Church and let's go down the uh, let's go down the list here and we can uh, learn about some heavy metal together shall we birds those are geese actually uh (laughs) Metal Church, in the earliest days known as Shrapnel, originated in San Francisco, California, the hotbed of thrash. Uh, originally active from 1980 to 1995, then it looks like they uh, hiatus for a few years. 1998 to 2009, another few years hiatus, and then 2012 to present. It looks like they've been on some big uh, labels here. Electra, Epic, Nuclear Blast, Mercury Records. Wow. Uh, current members, Kurt Vanderhoof, Mike Howe, Steve Unger, Jeff Plate, and Rick Van Zant. Okay, so Metal Church is an American heavy metal band. Like I said, originally formed in San Francisco in 1980 before relocating to Aberdeen, Washington the following year. Their eponymous debut album released in 1984. So, smack dab in the middle of the thrash movement explosion. Uh, Their latest release, 11, was released in 2016. Band is credited on, or as a uh, formative influence on the thrash metal subgenre, melding uh, the new wave of British heavy metal and American hard rock. Uh, 
Let's see here. Based in San Francisco in their formative years, brief audition period with, whoa, Lars Ulrich apparently auditioned for this band. So if that tells you anything, uh, you know, obviously Lars is in the most successful metal band of all time. So some deep roots here. Uh, their first two records were the most successful, and those are the the first three are the ones that I've listened to. Uh, like I said before, nineteen eighty four self titled debut features a cover of uh, Highway Star, one of the fucking greatest songs ever. Apparently, Headfield and Olerk, uh urged Electra to sign the band. Released their second album, The Dark, in 1986. Great fucking record. Must listen to it. So that's a little bit of background info, guys. Uh, you're gonna... If you come to the show this weekend, you're just gonna see some fucking epic thrash going on. Uh... The singer they have right now was actually from their third record. And uh, he's reunited with them since 2014. He's fantastic. Uh, but I really think that if you guys take the time to go and check out maybe those first three records, you get a really good idea what this band is bringing to the table. Uh, there, I th There's... There's been word that possibly they're going to play an extended set. You, you really should be there. That's what I'm trying to say right now. Uh, I think that's all I got for you guys this week. Maybe I'll throw an extra couple of live songs at the end of this just for uh, to to round out some time. We're only at 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'll throw some extra songs on here. Why not? See you guys this weekend. Next week I will have review of the Metal Church gig. And beyond that, who knows? Thank you guys for listening. And, uh... Tim... Start playing those live tracks, motherfucker. Yeah. This is another episode where I forgot to do the start the thing thing. So, okay. We'll do it for this. Tim, start the thing. Start it. This next song is